Hello, everyone. It's time for another edition of Adventures in Careerland. I am your host, Adriano Magnifico, and I am the career lead at the Louis Riel Arts and Technology Center. And that's a center with 13 applied and technical and apprenticeship programs. Students choose these programs from the high schools and Louis Riel School Division and beyond. And many students come from international waters and others come from post-secondary for, for post-secondary aspirations, when they think, I've got to figure out something to do with my life. I've got to figure out my why. I've got to figure out, you know what, where my best fit is in this world as I pursue life and work. Because we all know we're going to do it. We're all going to be working one day. And so the Lou Riel Arts and Tech Center is a great place to build some of those skills that are in demand in the workplace. One of those great programs is called the Broadcast Media Program. And I am currently in it. I'm surrounded in it by students, students who run the podcast, students who manage the podcast, students who produce the podcast, students who do all the technical parts of the podcast. They're amazing. The skills they're getting are amazing. And I'm ably assisted on this podcast by two of those students who are just crackerjack students. They are. They're wonderful students. And the first one is CJ. How are you, CJ? They, them, CJ. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I w was on radio this morning, so that was... You were on a real radio this morning? A real, what radio program were you on? The LRSD radio that we run here at the Broadcast Media Program. So how are you feeling? Like, you've really come a long way, CJ, in terms of you were a little kind of mousy person when we started this. And suddenly, you blossom into this, uh, I don't know what, uh, uh, an eagle. You're beginning to fly and soar with the skills you're getting here. How Do you, do you feel that way a bit? Oh yeah, I could I could tell that I've definitely become a lot more talkative. Like compared to when I was at Glenlawn, I wouldn't say a word to anyone else. And now I am very talkative. I'm on the radio. I'm on this podcast. I've done some news stuff where I've had to talk with more people than I would have liked. But it definitely pushes you out of your comfort zone. That's awesome. Our other co-host is Andre Boisjoli, and he is here today. How are you, Andre? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Well, I'm okay. You know, uh, and just to be clear, I'm, I'm broadcasting from my house because I had a knee replacement surgery. I'm not sure anyone gives a darn, but um, and it's just a it's a debilitating kind of thing. And uh, so we'll be doing the podcast from this space for a while uh, with the talented expertise of the people like Andre and CJ. And there's a whole production team back there. It's there quite is. it's it's quite it's it's amazing. So I'm interested. Just before we get to our incredible guest we have today, I'd like to just Halloween was yesterday and I was out with the cane. I'm just, I have the cane. I can show you. I have the cane. It's the mighty cane. And it's, uh, I went out and, uh, I was giving out candy. We live in a little space called Balsam in the Norwood Flats. And it's, it's, uh, one of those sidewalk spaces. So we had over 230 kids. Wow. Come, which is a lot of kids. It's a lot of a record year. Yeah, usually even at our house, we kind of we live on Main Street in Saint Alp. It's kind of hard to see the house. My dad said, "Yeah, this is the the year with the most kids." Mm. Well, I think right, people are getting out. Halloween. It was and, nice too. It yeah. was it wasn't snowing for once or raining. Oh yes, very nice. Just, Halloween. Was that a day? Yeah, and I love the co the costumes. They're spectacular. I mean, I saw I saw a pack of craft dinner. 
That was spectacular. <laughs> like kids, kids, kids are getting so creative. I saw Ursula. I saw Cruella Deville, mm-hmm. um, and some of the great ones. I saw a little policeman or woman. I don't know what the kid was, but he was spectacular. Uh, and I saw an alien. They're making just creative things. I, I, I love when the imagination goes. What I see the big difference is the parents are into this, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. the parents, the parents have taken over Halloween. They're 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 dressed up more than their kids. I, in my day, my mom just pushed us out the door and said, uh, "Come back when your potato sack's full." I mean, that's <laughs> potato sack. Oh, pretty not much. Case? Not oh, we had we used whatever we had down there it was a, it was a, either a potato sack or a pillowcase. That was what it was. But now these are sophisticated, quite a sophisticated gig Halloween. What yes. do you guys think? Did you do anything on Halloween? Did you dress up? I uh, no, I gave that up a few years ago. Sadly, I I, I guess I'm not a kid anymore. Is it? Uh, I mean, <laughs> oh, sh- oh uh, shut up! <laughs> but oh, shut uh, up. I, I was filming uh, some vo- some Halloween volleyball. Wow! Oh yeah. well, that yeah, that was my Halloween. And actually, uh, when I got back, I made a trip to my my grandma's place, which is not too far from us, and because she always gives out candy and. She and she told me the other day that I should come down for Halloween. So you know, gave her a visit and she gave me and I left there with with uh, some candy. Mm. Oh, that's well, that's nice. You know what? I hope one day you embrace it again. I really think we do it in the front space here. We all have fire pits and everything. It's just amazing. So we just have people. All our neighbors are out doing it. It's just it's a wonderful time. And even though I really couldn't walk, they kind of dragged me out there and I just sat there with my neighbors. And that's just a testimony to, you know, uh, my my wife who's kind of making sure I get all the right nourishment and doing all my exercises and getting out on, on the street with these folks and my neighbors who are just hanging out with me. So I, I was really grateful. I, I felt really grateful. My knees in a lot of pain, but I feel really grateful because I'm surrounded with such good people. And speaking of surrounded with good people, we have someone here who is, I think, uh, I don't know. I talk about, I use the word doozy. I use the word kind of just, uh, this is a corker. This is a ripper of a show. This is going to be one of the great shows because we have someone who's who's really a unique person. I met her um, at Dakota Collegiate last year when she was doing the career canvas. This person we have is at Seneca College right now in Toronto. Her name is Paulina Pechenenko. Paulina, how are you today? Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. And very excited to share my story. Well, your story is so compelling. We did something at Dakota, and we met at Dakota uh, with your excellent business teacher, um, uh, Angela. And she she was doing the career canvas with you folks, right? Do you remember doing that canvas? Which was a large canvas yeah. that says, here's my story. And I listened to your story, and I'm just captivated by it. Because we had a number of students who come up, when they do the career canvas, it's something we have in Louis Riel, something I created, and it, where where students can kind of see the big picture of their life in one on one giant canvas. And, and students, when they do the canvas, uh, no matter what, and I've done hundreds of them, I've witnessed hundreds of them, their life just spills out of them in ways I can't even imagine. And your life spilled out in that canvas, and I thought it was compelling. So you are originally from Kiev. Did I say that correctly? Kiev? Kiev. Kiev. From Kiev. And that, is that the capital of the Ukraine? Yes, yes. That's yes. The capital. And so that's a big, beautiful city. I've heard it's, I've heard it's just a beautiful city, and it's mm-hmm. just a beautiful place to visit. But obviously, it's going through some very difficult time right now. And you are a person who came to Dakota. Tell us a bit about how you got to Dakota, someone from, from Kiev, 
and and uh, what you were doing at Dakota. You said you were there for four years. Yeah. So when I was 14, actually before I was 14, when I was younger, my parents decided that they want me to pursue education in North America. And because the education in North America is just so much better than in Ukraine. And we always knew that um, I'm going to go study. And, and then I got the opportunity to study four years of high school in Canada, which was just so amazing. Back when I was 14, I wasn't really conscious. Like my parents just told me like, okay, so you're going to go study. And I went and um, I was living in a host family and studying and just getting like a full Canadian experience because my host family was Canadian and I was meeting all these different people, a bunch of international students in Dakota, which was so amazing. That was one of my favorite parts of where, my where were they all where, where were they all from? So it depends, but um, a lot were from Europe, Spain, um, Italy. There was, um, I had a host sister from Switzerland. And then uh, last year, there were a lot of Brazilian students. It was just so amazing to meet people from other countries. And I'm still connected to my friends from Spain and Switzerland. And my friend from Switzerland visited me in Ukraine like three years ago. And I visited her in Montreal a week ago because she came to visit. So, so I'm still connected. Yeah. So just before we go any further, you said that this decision was made that you were going to study abroad in North America when you were 14, right? Yeah. And do you have any brothers or sisters? I have a um, three-year-old brother. Okay. So you could <laughs> say you were, you're, so why do you think your parents chose you to travel abroad? I guess because you were the, I'm supposing the oldest one in your family. Well, yeah. it's hard to send a three-year-old out of yeah, the Yeah, no, 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 I know, I know, I know. <laughs> She wasn't even there. No, I know, I know. But why? Why did? Why did they choose Canada? And why at fourteen? Why did? Why do you think they made that decision? Well, I know it was because of better education, but why choose Canada? Okay. And, and how did you uh, feel about that? Yeah. So the reason why I think they sent me out so early uh, is because adjusting is much easier when it's from like younger age. Oh, yeah. I think if I would have gone, if I would have studied high school in Ukraine, I would have made too much attachment and I would be too used to it. And going to college in North America, I wouldn't want to do it. And I think if I would have done it, it would be much harder for me, mm -hmm. much so more challenging. They pushed you out of your comfort zone pretty early then. Yeah, but which made things easier for me now in my college, I think. Yeah, no. and, and that's a great point, CJ. Is that is that a common a, a common kind of attitude where we want to push our kids out of their comfort zone? We want them to start growing up a little faster and, and making some calls. Did you feel is that a common thing with your friends and with you and some and some of your international kids? You felt that way? Mm, I would say so. I don't know if it's necessarily pushing them out of their comfort zone, though. But I know, um, especially a lot of parents of students who. Um, our international will pressure their kids to go to um, college or university right after and kind of push them towards that, even if they're not really thinking that. So I don't know if it's necessarily 
out of their comfort zone. Maybe it's more just an expectation they have of their kids. Mm -hmm. Well, that's you said the host family. How close are you to that host family still? Were you with the same family for four years? No. My first two years, I was in one host family. And uh, then I had to switch, unfortunately, because they lived out of the city. And there was no bus to take. And it was COVID. So it was just very challenging because they always had to give me rides to school. And we had those half days when we would start school at like 12 p.m. one day and then another day. So basically, it was just um, not convenient so i switched to another house family and i'm i'm very close with them still like we text uh my first house family i also visited visited them a lot like we had dinners together and everything and um my host mom is her family is ukrainian which was just so amazing perfect so yeah. i'm guessing you would you would speak ukrainian to each other no, she no. didn't speak Ukrainian. Oh, okay. It was like it was like a lot of people in Winnipeg, like their grandparents yeah. immigrated here. Yeah, I understand. And yeah. Okay, yeah. But they cooked Ukrainian food. Ah, <laughs> so there you go. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> I guess so. My grandma yeah. cooks Ukrainian food. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I just I just love Ukrainian food. Uh Let's see. Uh, are you aware with, uh, I don't know, correct me on the pronunciation, but Pereshkas? Pereshkas? yeah. That's one of my most favorite foods. My grandma makes oh. them. We're not Ukrainian, but uh, my grandma mm-hmm. makes them sometimes, and uh, that's the best. Do you like him? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I'm Ukrainian. Oh, and there you go. That's what, I, that's what I love about Canada. And that's why I'm so happy uh, my first four years were in Winnipeg. Because the Ukrainian community is just so large, and it yes. definitely feels yes. like home, far away from home. Yeah, we have a big Ukrainian yes. uh, population yeah, here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We, yeah, we have one of the largest in Canada, Ukrainian populations. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's interesting you make the point, though, because uh, there are many Canadians who have certain ethnicities, could be Italian, could be French, could be uh, Ukrainian, but they don't speak the language, Right. Yeah. And and for me, that the language is the thing. If you don't connect your language, and you see that with indigenous kids, right, mm-hmm. who don't speak the language and are trying to bring back their language, because and that's what Quebec does very like very well. But we are going to make everything French, or we mm-hmm. will lose our culture. Because culture is so tied to language. What do you think about that? For sure, no, no, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, like it definitely ends about Quebec. That is. I went there a week ago, and when I came, it definitely doesn't feel like Canada. Like it feels like a country somewhere in Europe, like a French country, because it's really everything is French, and I oh, think geez. that's awesome. Yeah, you're gonna get the uh, the separatists all excited here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ones who didn't want to be with Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andre, are you separatist? I'm a little worried. No, no, okay. no. Anyway, no, no, no. no, no, no. You're just federal, saying you're getting them all excited. <laughs> well, yeah. He, yeah, he worked for the CBC. He has to be a federalist. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, Radio Canada. Yeah. Hey, now tell us a little bit more about, this is an interesting scenario. You were here before the war began, and then the war began, and your family's back in, in the Ukraine. Now, yeah. now talk about this as much as you feel comfortable or not. Uh, it, like, what's, what's, that, what's going on in your head and your heart as this is going on, and you see what's happening here? Yeah, so... I definitely would like to talk about this because I love sharing this to other people. And especially because I'm Ukrainian and I have family there, I can share like that true, true story from 
my point. And yeah, it was definitely crazy. I was in Canada when everything happened. I remember it was like 10 p.m. in Canada and it was like super morning in Ukraine when everything started. And I think the fact of being so far away and not being able to be there with my family made it very, very hard. Um, just to rely on like FaceTime and calling. And it was definitely very challenging the first two months because uh, I would always check the news, always check every channel about what is going on, what is happening. Did you ever feel like this can't be happening? Is this possible? No, How does this happen? It's surreal. Because the countries are so linked. Like so many Ukrainians speak Russian. So many Russians speak Ukrainian. There's so much family interwoven between these countries. That I, I thought, how do, how how did you? I I can't even fathom what you were feeling there. Yeah, there was definitely a big anticipation starting from January about the war happening. But every time I thought about it, I I was like, no, like this is 2022. Like that could not be a war. Like this is not going to happen. So I never thought it was actually going to happen, and then it did, and it's still happening. Yeah. Well, you did some stuff. It's it's I, I have a lot of admiration for for you and, and and your family and everyone trying to trying to survive this very difficult time, and and try to make the best out of it. Sometimes it's it's just so difficult. You tried to do some some work at, at Dakota, though. Talk about that great that great project you you worked on at Dakota. I I, I was so impressed with it. I, I I mean, it got some airwaves here in Louis Riel and a bit in the city and such. So I thought it was really cool. And then I thought, and when you presented your career canvas and you talked about that project, I thought you're the one who did that project. Wow, that's amazing. Talk about that project. Oh, uh, that's crazy. I didn't know that you heard about it before my presentation. That's so awesome to hear. But um it was such an amazing fashion project i'm so grateful i worked on it basically me and my ukrainian friend um we connected a lot when war started and we were just like okay what can we do to help we're so far away but we can do something so we talked to our um student advisor mr shapiro and he directed us to a team of Ukrainian teachers. And basically what we did is worked on creating a fundraiser for Ukraine. And we, uh, we were baking pierogies, uh, at the school kitchen after school. Pierogies it was good. a very, <laughs> yeah, it was a very awesome uh, experience because, uh, we asked our friends to help and we had 20 volunteers. We all put in, uh, Ukrainian music. And we were just baking for like eight hours straight after school. Like I remember we stayed up in that kitchen until like 10 PM and we would do it a couple of times because we, we made a lot of progi. And then we also made piroshki mm -hmm. and we sold them at the school foyer. We had, we were selling cookies as well. And all the money that we raised, uh, we donated it to, um, Half of it was to Ukrainian armed forces, and half of it was to humanitarian aid. Um, and it was just so awesome to see people help. So much teachers, students. It was a very comforting event 
especially for me and my friend, to put our pain that we are going through into something productive. And it felt like we were doing something for our Yeah, I, I would think that uh, takes your mind off of it a bit. And to know that you're helping in some way, even though you're so far away, that's uh, a really special thing that you could experience. Mm-hmm. That was an amazing project. Now, when you're, th- when you're going through Dakota, uh, what kinds of courses are you connecting with? What kinds of, because part of high school, it's interesting your parents said, we want to send you away to have a look at a better educational system. First of all, my, my larger question in my brain is, what's wrong with the Ukraine system, first, number one, that they would send you away? Because that's a big thing to send daughter. I mean, you didn't even see your little brother. Have you ever met your little brother? I did. Okay. But- that- <laughs> He doesn't recognize me. Of course, of course. That's amazing, right? And so what's the difference in that way? And then uh, what kinds of things did you start gravitating towards? Because the canvas showed that, that was beginning to say, this is who I am. These are the pieces that seem to connect with me. So first about the the Ukrainian system and then uh, the education system, then about the things you gravitated towards in the Canadian system. Okay, so Ukrainian educational system is scary, I think, because... <laughs> It's Halloween. Oh, yeah, it's Halloween. Like I was scared to go to school because teachers are very mean, and (laughs) (laughs) they're like very tough on you. And it's normal to like scream at a child. And we have a lot, a lot of homework. Like I finished eighth grade, but eighth grade, even then, I would study algebra. Uh, geometry, physics, chemistry. We had to study all of that in eighth grade, and there's no choice. So the reason why my, my parents chose um, Canadian system is because uh, I think it's an amazing educational system because even if you're not very... Ukrainian is very academical. We don't do any sports. We don't do any activities. Really? It's just like you do academics. So yeah. there's no, there's no like a high school sports team or nothing like that or really no. wow. and oh. yeah it's pretty crazy I was so shocked when I came to Canada and I saw all this like sports teams especially Dakota is a very mm. is school like focused on sports is, yeah and I was just so school. shocked yeah it was so cool to see I never in my life before coming to Canada played like volleyball football like anything and i got to try all of those activities yeah because in north america like for some people sports is a large part of that high school experience Mm -hmm. so that's why i'm kind of surprised that it's not really a thing uh in well ukraine as you said in in kiev in your your school would you say hey that's an interesting go ahead would you say that they um have more advanced learning to where you have to learn stuff uh, like a lot quicker that they give you so much stuff to learn when you're so young rather than coming here and it's kind of more spread out throughout the grades yeah for sure like it's very fast-paced and there's a lot of homework and a lot of stuff like there's a lot of subjects for some reason we would have like eight to seven uh, classes in a day and it's very it's much intensive. more fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah. Now, has that helped? Like, there's a lot of kids who come from Europe and uh, India and, and 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 China, who are in some of those intense academic programs. When they come here, did you feel a bit though, like you were ahead of the game in terms of knowledge? Like sometimes, I had some students come to me because I do a lot of career development, 
who said, yeah, I did all that algebra. The stuff that you're in grade 11, I did in grade nine. Did you ever feel that way too? So you were a step ahead. So as much as it was, your parents are going, ah, mentally or aesthetically, this may be not the best thing. When you came here, did you feel like you were ahead of the game academically? I think academically, I was ahead of the game, but it was more freedom. For example, yes. in English class, like I, w- I don't think... Uh, the fact that I was academically farther ahead was better because um, I would get more freedom and I wouldn't know what to do with it. Like, um, if my English teacher would tell me, like, yeah, like, you can write an essay about anything you like, I would be so, like, confused because I would be, like, there's no certain direction. Would you say you needed a bit more direction when you came here? No, because I think I was... I was transferring from the Ukrainian system to Canadian. So I was kind of getting used to it. But I like the fact that it's more like an open space than like certain direction. No, I understand how it's different. As you said, in Ukraine, it's more like focused on academics. There's less time and assignments you could say that that really open your creative mind your mm-hmm. thinking mind mm-hmm. the mind that the, the imaginary mind the story making mind there's a lot of minds here but <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> look at the minds it's, it's, yeah 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 it's, it's, that's a bit of a minefield my, my favorite part part in english class is when i have uh opinion writing assignments assignments that you have to make a story it has to be coherent it has mm. to make sense mm-hmm. there's still rules to follow obviously but you apply those rules and you make something that's your own right you're, yeah and you're actually gives you creative freedom exactly creative freedom you're graded on something that you actually made right that yeah. you created it's not just like yes. something following an article or something yeah that's interesting that you say that andre it's there's an interesting dichotomy though between how much do you go academically how hard do you go academically with the content because it's hard to be creative and Mm -hmm. thoughtful without the great content you can't become a musician without learning the hard notes but it's to find a a balance between both right Mm -hmm. yes 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 and so are are you are you are you saying polina there's a better balance here between yeah yeah, 100% so, so talk about the activities then that you were able to gravitate towards or try out that you couldn't do in the Ukraine. Where, And that's where you find – I'm a big fan of the extracurricular stuff because I think that's where you really find yourself. You start mm-hmm. meeting people who like things that you like. You start checking out skills. You think about the skills you have and the skills you don't have. Talk about some of the things you kind of gravitated towards. So, obviously, I was just, like, so shocked with all the extracurriculars I could do and volunteering and even the fact that I could take elective courses was so like shocking to me and amazing. But um, I tried out, I always wanted to try out for a sports team and I tried out for cheerleading in grade 10. And it was an awesome experience being on a sports team for the first time in my life. And then um, I did um, Lancer Credit Union. Yes. And that was just such an amazing experience in grade 12. Uh, we were a credit union inside the school and we picked our own jobs. We had to apply for them. We had to go through an interview process and I was a marketing leader. So basically we were making events for 
our students to get them to want to be at our credit union. Now, and now then, stop right there. I'm a bit lost here. Credit union inside us, <laughs> high school. They, yeah. They ran a bank. They, they ran a bank in Dakota. Ah, I see. That's what it is. And it's a cool thing. It's yeah. run by it's run by Miss Baranek, and that's it's a really neat relationship. It's a very I think it's unique to Manitoba. Mm -hmm. uh, and it and so if you choose the course, it's actual course called that, right, Pauline? Yeah. It's actually the the credit union course, or is it called? Yeah, something different? I think it's called Life Works. Oh, the, okay. The LifeWorks course. We have that okay. at uh, Glenlon as well, but it's mainly just getting your resume ready for the workforce and stuff. So the credit union, though, kind of spurs you on and thinks you about, I like the marketing piece. I like the business pieces. I like, well, and the interesting part about doing that, Polina, is you're also doing math and physics and camera. You're doing some of those. So what the Canadian education system does well, I think, is begin to go like this. And just not, so you're not just picking them off like this and ending them and moving on, you begin to think, here's where this math is really useful. Here's where teamwork is really useful. Here's where problem solving is really useful. And you do them in so many courses and you apply them to extracurricular activities. I just think it starts building a person. So what kind of person is building? Who's the Paulina who's emerging from Dakota? Okay, so my decision after going to Dakota was to study marketing. And I think it came from the fact that I, I realized that I really enjoy, I'm a creative person. I took visual arts and I, I realized that I enjoy math, but I also enjoy visual arts. And I think it kind of connects in marketing because it's business, but you also got to be very creative and innovative. So I think after coming from the quota, that's what I realized I'm interested in learning about more. But you choose Seneca College. Seneca College is yeah. an interesting place in Toronto, and you're choosing Toronto. Like, did you have that in your brain? You're in Winnipeg. You have we have spaces in Winnipeg in which you can continue. But I guess the weather may have said to you, "Try something else. Try something else." I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, so why Seneca College? Yeah, definitely after last winter in Winnipeg, I, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seneca College." Leave this place. <laughs> My parents are very like planning. So I think we, we started thinking about my college in the end of grade 10. And all, in grade 11, I already knew that I'm going to apply to Seneca College. Didn't know what program yet. I knew it was business, just deciding what program. Basically, I wanted to study somewhere in Canada and I wanted to go to a bigger city. I was deciding between Toronto and Vancouver with pricing. Toronto just ended up working out better. Um, that's how I picked Toronto. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to university originally, but for international students, university is just insane prices. And that's why I looked at the colleges. And basically, I looked at all the colleges available for me in Toronto and then picked uh, Seneca comparing to those co colleges based on like rankings, reviews, and all the information. And now that I'm studying in Seneca for two months, I couldn't be happier with my choice. And how long is the program? So you, what kind of program are you in exactly? And how long is it? Um, I'm in business slash marketing program, which is two years. And after that, there's an option to get a Bachelor of Commerce at York University, which I'm possibly considering after my two years. Oh, that's awesome. 
So you're into the business piece. Do you want to run your own business? Do you want to be an entrepreneur? Do you want to work for a business person? Where does, where does your heart tell you to go? I think my heart definitely tells me I want to run my own business, but at first I want to get an experience working for um, some kind of organization. And I want to work in marketing right now. I don't know what specific uh, part of marketing process yet. I'm still figuring it out as I'm studying, but for sure I want to work for a company. Okay, so you want to start out. You, I guess you got to get your chops in a kind of in a in a company. Work for the man for a little while. Get to know what it's about, and maybe start your own one day. Because you seem to have the personality and the sensibility and the creativity to do that kind of work. I saw it in action during the canvas when I saw you present, and that's why that's such a cool thing for kids to present. You see gifts in you that people don't see in a regular class when you're just sitting in a, in a sometimes in a in a desk completing assignments. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But was that a, was that a canvas doing the canvas in front of people and getting that together important to you? Yeah, I actually wanted to share about that because I think like doing the canvas was honestly kind of life changing to me because I was super, super nervous while I was working on the canvas. I was very scared because uh, I really wanted to present well and I'm the type of person who is super scared of presenting in front of people. I I could always fail at presentations, everything, even if it's in front of like a small amount of people. But when I started talking and sharing my story, it just felt so natural and easy. And it just made me feel um, more confident in my in myself and in my life as I was sharing my story with other people. And I can see that. Like you just seem, you seem like you've come, I would have loved to have seen you in grade 10 or 11 and then witness you at the end of the canvas that was my perception of you what a strong person what a confident person up here and if you if you're feeling like you weren't that way before that's an amazing thing i'm so glad that we're i'm glad you did it and i'm so glad that worked out for you that way hey what were who were some of the mentors in your life the important people in your life that said tapped you on the shoulder and gave you a little uh they could be anyone parents friends family uncles relatives teachers whatever who who are some people who've had an influence on you so far and it could be even who have you noticed at seneca college is someone there also beginning to impress upon you uh something special about yourself obviously i think my grandma definitely a big mentor in my life yes a big i i remember i talked about her on my canvas yes i remember she just inspires me as a person, the way she is with other people and the way she lives her life. Um, it just really inspires me to work hard and become a better person. Awesome. I love it. So family's super important to you then, right? For sure. Okay. Okay. Well, we're all thinking of your family back there, back in Ukraine. and. Uh, Jeez, I, I, I hope things work out. It's a pretty difficult time. At this time, we do something called quick cues. Now, who's in charge of the quick cues here, ladies and gentlemen? Andre. Andre. Andre is in charge of the quick cues. So, Andre's going to ask you a number of questions, Paulina. You don't have to think about them, you just answer them. They're quick. 
quick cues. A quick okay. question. That's, what, that's okay. why we call it so, cues. It's in the name. It's so, in the name. So don't, don't, everyone tries to explain things. Don't explain, just answer the questions. So Andre, you're on. Okay. Time for the quick cues. Time for the quick cues. And we'll start. Polina, tell me, are you a dog or cat person? Cat. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes. Waffles or pancakes? Pancakes. What do you put on toast? Avocado. 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 Yeah, that's my favorite. Favorite fall activity? Walk in the park. Pumpkin carving. Pumpkin, yes. Messy or tidy desk? Tidy. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Starbucks or Tim's? <laughs> Tim's. Favorite social media? Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outdoors or indoors person? Personally, an outdoors person. Uh, outdoors. Okay. Uh, strawberry or raspberry jam? Raspberry. Yeah, yeah. Favorite genre of music? Alternative. Alternative. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Toilet paper. You put it over or under? Over. Over? Yes. Okay. Yes, that okay. is the correct answer in my books. <laughs> morning or night person? Uh, morning. Yeah. And do you believe in ghosts? No. And your favorite okay. podcast? Um... Should, uh, maybe it starts there was only one answer to that last question yeah. Polina. otherwise we would have just scrapped the whole thing anyway <laughs> hey Paulina this was a lot of fun and boy you shared a lot about yourself and about your life and, and just what a story looks like when you're engaged and your parents are engaged your family's engaged and we know you're going through some tough tough uh, familial things back back in the back in the Ukraine and we just wish you the best we wish your family the best we're we're pulling for you we're pulling our thoughts and prayers are with you and your family and all of your all of your friends and relatives back in the Ukraine who are um, just struggling to survive especially it's going to be a tough winter I think I'm just I, I worry for these people so I think we have to keep keep them in our hearts and, and, and do actions I love that you did some actions at Dakota what actions can we do to help and to uh, to help people uh, survive and uh, continue forward? Because it's, uh, it's it's difficult. So we wish you well on all those counts. We thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, cool. So, you know, this is awesome. We're so glad we're so glad you shared some of who you are with us. And ladies and gentlemen, that's it for another edition of Adventures in Career Lads. <laughs>